Welcome to another episode of the Odd Fellows Oddcast. Today we're going to be discussing a, uh, a, a pretty hot topic uh, on social media. We've talked about this a good deal. And so this particular podcast may get a lot of people's uh, attention and views as a result. Um, and we'll be talking about the non-discrimination policy that the Odd Fellows put into place and how it affects uh, our lodges. Uh, as someone who, you know, is in a lodge that didn't, we had fewer members. And when I came in, we have more members. And so I've been inviting friends to be a member. And one of those friends happens to be my friend, Wes Hagen, uh, who is a, uh, a rock contour. He is a really great storyteller and uh, he, he makes and sells wine. And uh, he's a really great guy. I'm glad to call him a, a friend. And uh, thanks, Wes, for being here. And uh, joining me also is one of my regular guests on the show, which is Peter Sellers, who is a past grandmaster and past grand patriarch, and is also a representative to Sovereign Grand Lodge. And Wes, I'm sure you have no idea what that really means. <laughs> Sounds pretty fancy. <laughs> if I have worn a tie, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm wearing thermals. There you go. Uh, also joining us is uh, Rick Boyles. Uh, Rick is a, as you can see from all of the books in his corner there, he is a very studious man and knows uh, a lot about words and how they, how they can uh, definitely impact things. And we're, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, the policy and Rick knows policy and he knows rules and laws that uh, the Odd Fellows uh, have. And not to say that Peter doesn't, because Peter is also someone who has written a lot of those policies that we uh, currently uh, run our lodges by. So I just want to open things up and, and invite Peter to kind of give us a bit more of a background on how we ended up where we are today. And then I'll talk a bit about how it is that uh, uh, Wes is on this podcast. Uh, Besides the fact that he's my friend, we'll, we'll be talking a bit more about that. So go on, Peter, and set us up and let us know why are we where we are. Uh, off the cuff, I, I just want to echo what you said. This is probably the most heated topic in the order. In fact, when it comes up year after year on jurisdictional levels in California or Sovereign Grand Lodge, it is a very divisive. Uh, it's probably the most debated topic we have, and it's quickly put to rest each time because it's so, it's so argumentative and um, to some. I'm going to start off by saying, when I joined the order, I didn't join a church. I didn't join to go to church. I joined the order to join a fraternal organization where at that time it was men only and we could come together and we could meet and we could do good works. That's why I joined the order. I didn't come to, uh, to say prayers. I didn't go there to set out Bibles. I didn't go there to talk about Jesus Christ and, and anything religion related. I came there to meet with, uh, it was sold to me to come there as a fraternal brother. And uh, over the years, uh, I've always questioned, why does it feel like I'm going to church? <laughs> and uh, fortunately, I could get away with more by being in San Francisco, where my lodge is located. Uh, for years, uh, we sort of skirted that subject. 
And uh, we were very happy in the year 2018 when we had to uh, put the non-discrimination policy into our bylaws and into our uh, code book, uh, which forced us to uh, not dis discriminate any longer. And that included religion, uh, your belief on religion or not. So that's sort of, it's sort of vague to a lot of uh, members nationally. And they don't know whether or not, does this mean we have to keep a Bible in the lodge? Because I can tell you what's always been in our code of general laws, and this is new to one of our guests, but we're not allowed to put religious symbols in our lodge rooms. That's in the code. It's always been in the code of general laws. You cannot have religious symbols in your lodge. To me, the Holy Bible is a religious symbol. So we're contradicting ourselves as an order. And we've always have done that. So uh, for me, it was better not to bring up the subject. And in my lodge, I'm going to, it, this is very controversial. And, uh, you know, I really don't care what people say to me. I can take it or leave it, but we don't we don't bar you if you tell us you're an atheist. We won't bar you if you tell us you're an agnostic. And especially now, uh, especially since we entered the non-discrimination policy. And I can tell you, Sovereign Grand Lodge is trying to catch up again because when it last met in 2019, there was a bill introduced on the last morning and it didn't come to the floor. It'll come to the next session unless the makers of the bill pull it. And now what it says, and uh, so few people knew about this because they had already left. It was on the last morning. This was in North Carolina. And this is what they're trying to put into the order. Uh, belief in the existence of a supreme being who is a creator and preserver of the universe is an integral requirement to hold membership in this order. Atheism and agnosticism, both of which are a denial, disbelief, or inability to believe with certainty that the existence of a supreme being, as previously mentioned, are both incompatible with membership in this order. So what they're trying to do with this bill, they're trying to reintroduce this restrictive language uh, to say you're an atheist. By introducing that bill, by needing this bill to pass, it also tells us, because it hasn't passed yet, that the door is open. That's what it tells me as a representative. Otherwise, why write it? Why present the bill? And I won't go into who wrote it, but why present the bill to a representative like me? Uh, because it hasn't passed. It hasn't come to the floor yet. So at this time, the door is open. It's open to all people. As I said, my lodge has never set the barrier anyway. Because yeah. I, doubt, I doubt you're going to pull the charter of a lodge with nearly 300 members. <laughs> and then right. my family and my friends are spread throughout this jurisdiction. It would cripple this order to, uh, to prevent people from joining. But then again, 
thank you for allowing me to speak first. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, uh, as I said, it's not an easy topic. Rick mm -hmm. can tell you <laughs> a few years ago, there was a bill in there to take out the, the, uh, the Lord's Prayer mm -hmm. during the meeting in California. You should have seen how many people lined up in line at behind that microphone <laughs> saying they would never stay in the order if we remove the Lord's Prayer. Right. Well, you know, we we do something differently in my lodge. We will uh we will have a moment of two minutes of silence instead during of a that time. Yeah. Or we the the ritual states you'll have a holy Bible out there but it doesn't prevent you from putting the other denominational books out there as well. So if you ever come to my lodge, which some of you have, I, I, uh, we have over 25 denomination books on, <laughs> on an altar mm -hmm. in the center of the floor. So it didn't matter what your belief was. And one of those, uh, uh, they deal with everything, even witches, you know, I mean, it, it would, uh, everything you find in the military on those headstones, is what we have on the center of our floor in our in our lodge room. Mm -hmm. So with that, there you go. <laughs> yes, that, that puts us, you know, kind of where we are. Now, my lodge is considerably different. I, I want to give Rick an opportunity to weigh in on this, but just as a, as a, a note of contrast, uh, our lodge, you know, the Bible is open. It's the only book there. And also, too, you know, we have the Lord's Prayer. And, um, you know, the most of the lodges across the country and around the world, they're pretty much the same way. And uh, it's, it's nice that I think a lodge itself has the ability to do things a little differently as long as it, you know, kind of goes by the code. But part of the problem here, and this is where Wes comes in, is that when he was asking me about a shirt that I was wearing that had my Oddfellows logo on it, you know, he's, he's a really great researcher, he's a super knowledgeable guy. And uh, he went and did some research and he saw how it says, even today on the internet, it says one of the requirements is that you have to have a belief in a supreme being. So my friend Wes tells me, he's like, hey, you know, that's, that's not for me if that's the requirement. And um, Rick, I wanna, maybe I should just go to Wes and just ask you, Wes, what was, what was that like for you having to see that and having to deal with that? Because I feel like, you know, if, if non-fellow, Oddfellows has a non-discrimination policy, that that certainly could be considered discrimination towards you if you don't feel that that is something that you would answer positively. We all have choices. We all have choices in this world where we wanna spend our time, our effort and our agency. Where I want to spend my agency and find a fraternal order uh, moving in, I'm 51 years old, I'll be 52 in just a little bit, and I plan to live a lot longer, and I'm going to have a lot of energy once I'm not out there selling wine and I'm retired. Uh, whenever I choose and whenever I have the opportunity to join a fraternal order, uh, I will be uh, the first generation in my family for seven generations that does not have a Presbyterian minister in it. I grew up in the Presbyterian church. I was confirmed. I was a Christian, uh, young, as a young man, I was a Christian. And around 17, I started studying comparative mythology and came to the idea, uh, much like Spinoza, that to claim that you know what God is and what he wants is generally uh, more of a projection of what you want. I think Spinoza said, uh, if triangles had a God, it would necessarily have three sides. <laughs> 
I think that's a pretty good idea. So I have to, I, I want to be careful not only to respect people's faith, because I am not out here to ruin faith. I'm interested in epistemology. I'm interested in truth, but I'm also interested in human flourishing. So if I can find an, age, uh, an order or a group that goes out into the world and that makes a difference, I'm also, like I said, I'm probably the only uh, generation going back as long as I can imagine um, that is not a Rotarian. Uh, my family is full of Rotarians, and I have, I have been um, asked by four different, uh, you know, Rotary organizations to join when I go and speak at these Rotary organizations, and I tell them, quite honestly, because of the religious nature of this, of this um, I love what you do, I love how you help, but uh, I think there's a lot of people out here, and remember, if you look at the demographics, uh, we're going to be looking at almost a third of the United States within 20 years that is gonna have no claim to any religious order. So religiosity is probably, there's no, I don't see any growth in, in uh, really uh, focusing on religiosity. What I see is as a, we live in a plural society. We were, uh, we were basically formed as a nation uh, by secular people and deists. Um, and to the idea that you, you will have to make a theist claim to be able to enter into an organization is an absolute deal breaker for me. Yeah. Now, uh, I just want to point something out. Um, you know, Oddfellows is always looking for like really good people, you know, people that want to make a difference, people that want to be involved in the community. You know, the other requirement is, you know, you got to be faithful to your country, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, we're looking for people like Wes. We're looking for people that want to make a difference. Um, and, you know, Oddfellows was started in the United States over 200 years ago. Before that, it was, you know, uh, nearly a century in England. Uh, you know, Rick, uh, just want to shoot this question to you. Uh, considering Wes's situation here, where he doesn't want to say, you know, yeah, I believe. Right. Uh, do you th really think that it's, it's on the benefit of the order? Is it for the good of the order to turn somebody like Wes away? Absolutely not. In fact, I agree with both Peter and Wes that we have to be more forward thinking in order to go any, any much further in the order. I've done a study on the history of fraternal groups in the United States. And the you can bring up Wikipedia and it's just littered with uh, fraternal orders that have failed that were secular, that were devoted to a certain line of religion. And uh, the longer we just honed to one, uh, one line of religion, the, the more sure we're gonna fail. We need to, we need to open up to all, uh, all walks of life. And I, to me, that's what the non-discrimination statement is all about. I don't know why we're, uh, why we're going back and, uh, and and having legislation written to limit the discrim or to to open up discrimination again? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. well, that's true. Yeah, and I just want to point out that, like, as an example, the YMCA was a fraternal organization that was started, you know, some hundred years ago, and uh, the C in YMCA was actually for Christian. So, um, you know, it, it's not like we can't change and grow if we 
were to you know completely uh, stay non-discriminatory, uh, as the YMCA has obviously done. You know, you don't think of them as a Christian uh, organization, and that's, they, right. that's how they got started. Uh, so, uh, uh, Peter, uh, just back to you a little bit. Um, what what advice do you have for someone like myself in my lodge? Because uh, you know, I and just you know, this whole this whole podcast idea came up because I have another friend um, who uh, was interested in odd fellowship. I actually, you know, gave him a tour of my lodge and uh, he was very interested. And then, you know, suddenly he tells me, Hey man, you know, this thing has got this religious requirement. That's, that's not really for me. So I've got two really good friends of mine who uh, um, it's not like I'm associating with, you know, a bad element, you know, I mean, I, I pick my friends very carefully. Uh, Wes is a really smart guy. Uh, he's got a good heart kind of person I think would be in on fellows. Uh, so Peter, what, what, uh, what do you find about uh, people that are not Christian in your lodge? Do you think that they add something? Uh, because one thing I do know for sure, all of the people who I've ever met who are, uh, you know, professed atheists are some of the most thoughtful people I've ever met. And also too far more moral than some of the Christians that I know. So do you think that uh, allowing people that, you know, would say no uh, to odd fellows that in your lodge that, you know, may be atheists or they may be agnostics, do you think they add something that might be missing otherwise? I, I know that's a rhetorical question, but uh, of, of course they add something because we have them, we welcome them in our lodge, everybody. It doesn't matter what your religion is, but I, I'm gonna talk about your situation. Mm -hmm. You're not the only lodge, but on the other hand, Rick and I aren't the only people, and you yourself aren't the only people in this order who feel this way, who, who want to open the doors to everybody. And I actually open the door. We do in my lodge, not I, but uh, I think my wife's over here uh, laughing because she knows my answer is, is, it isn't acceptable to everybody. But uh, I've been here before. I was a member in the order for a few years before we allowed women in. I've, I've been here. And one of my first things, uh, the first year, uh, I was told I was criticized because I, 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 I supported um, uh, women coming in the order uh, in the year 2000. And uh, 2000 came around and I, I endured such criticism from an all male organization that, um, that I brought 42 women in the first year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I shoved it down their throats. Now, now, I talked to the women beforehand. I go, you guys are barrier breakers. And the same thing I did for blacks and, and the people, other minorities. Uh, so I've been here for years. And I'm not, uh, you know, politics aside, I'm a progressive uh, when it comes to the lodge, because I recognize what the order needs. It needs good people it needs people who are willing to volunteer people who want to do good things regardless whether or not they what their belief is their personal belief uh, outside the lodge mm -hmm. again the lodge is not my church and if a bill like this uh, is going to pass what if i you know Let's say, okay, I'm a Christian. I started out as a Christian in this order. What, what if over the years I became like Wes and I had an enlightenment and uh, 
and uh, or uh, an epiphany that, hey, you know what? I don't know if God exists, you know, because uh, I went through a lot of hard times. It's hard for me to believe it in God. What if I changed after 25, 30 years and I've been a grandmaster and I've been a pastor. I've done everything in this order. I've written books about this order. I've written here laws about this order. I mean, I've done everything. What if my beliefs have changed? And that's something I throw back to people. And so what, you're going to call me a non-odd fellow and kick me out? Yeah, they'll you have a, a witch hunt for all yeah, of those that, people that don't believe. They, <laughs> and going back, I don't think they realize how many people we are talking about here. I mean, you're going to lose your order. That We will lose our order if we backstep. And we might as well backstep and kick women out. We might as well backstep and kick blacks out. And then Asians, that's pretty harsh to say. That's pretty hard to do. The same thing applies to here. So when you don't allow everyone in, you might as well say you're doing that as well. You're being prejudiced and you're being racist and you're being discriminatory when you keep people out of our lodges. And I will put my name to that statement. And that's what the best way to do this is in those seminars. Every seminar we have, I always tell everyone the same thing. I did not join this order to join a church. And I tell the entire audience that. And then that's, that's it. That's my belief. Now, when I leave the lodge, if I want to go to church on Sunday or Saturday or whatever day I want to go on, whatever my belief is, that's fine. But I'm not going to be discriminatory in my lodge. And that's my statement. So if somebody like you comes to me and tell me you want to bring Wes in your lodge, great. I'm all for it. I don't want Wes. And if somebody ever disrespects Wes or says something derogatory, they're going to hear it from me because we have a lot of members. And, you know, I, I don't want to say the lodges, but we there's another lodge here that probably doesn't have any Christians in it, you know, <laughs> but I don't want to tell you what lodge that is, but it's a little more uh, east of our lodge in San Francisco. And, and anyway, but on the other hand, great. I respect your belief. I respect your belief. Go do what you need to do. But again, I'm going to say, until they change the code of general laws, uh, the Bible is a religious symbol, whether they want to believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm okay with our degrees being based on Old yeah, Testament or first and up, second yeah. degree. I'm okay with that because those are lessons. And you might hear the word God or, you know, you may hear those terms. That I'm not really putting in the category of, of believing uh, in a supreme being or believing in a God. But but to, to hear those lessons about friendship, about love, you know, truth, uh, mm -hmm. well, it's basically uh, friendship and love, but in those two degrees, but mm -hmm. th those don't offend me. And, and I'm okay with those. But I, I'm again, um, how do you break that viewpoint down in your lodge where you have more recalcitrant members? And I mean that in a in a respectful way, if that could be respectful. But, but again, yeah. I don't because I, I see that again as being discriminatory. I don't tolerate that, mm -hmm. not in the lodge. So 
again, it's, it's to hit them from the side. Let them hear those seminars. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I believe you've had a couple of those members in those seminars where I do say things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm hoping to break down those, those uh, beliefs. Um, and uh, again, we're in a more friendlier region of the United States, mm -hmm. more uh, laxed, a more liberal, mm -hmm. uh, and a sense of uh, uh, allowance. Uh, as opposed to what we see in the Midwest as your grand representative. If they heard this conversation, which some may, uh, they will be very upset, but I'm not asking them to be upset. I'm asking them to be open-minded. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, this order is, is leveling out. It is decreasing, uh, leveling out in some areas. We can't afford to lose potential productive members who want to join members like our, our potential applicants like Wes. Mm -hmm. We don't want to lose them. Rick has known people. I have known people. Uh, I've been in your position where people have asked me, no, come on over, be a barrier breaker for me. And once you get in, I'll tell you the way I brought a 16 year old in California. It, it's it, age two. I brought a 16-year-old in uh, several years ago. It's a young girl used to come in with her grandparents, and she always had to sit into the inside the kitchen, you know, and wait for the meetings to be over. And, and one day, I, come on in. You want to join? When she turned 16, I brought her in the lodge. We made her our color bearer, and she was in the lodge. She got her degrees, and I wrote the legislation uh, the following year for California. And uh, <laughs> what are you going to do, kick her out? She's already had her degrees. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was some opposition. When the vote came, we allowed 16-year-olds to, yeah. to come in California. Yeah, and, So and, that's the way it has to work. You have to kind of push. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is, you know, one of the really great things about um, being in a lodge is that, you know, a majority of uh, people, whenever we vote on something, uh, you know, we all agree to respect that particular vote. So, you know, if I were to, in my lodge, uh, you know, call for a vote and, and, you know, avoid the question of whether or not you believe, then that is something that as long as we all, you know, agree to abide by it, then we can, you know, make that kind of a change. Um, Rick and, and Peter have kind of pointed out that because of it's, we have this non-discriminatory policy, we shouldn't even be asking that question. And what's worse to me, in general, odd fellows have a rule. We don't talk about politics and we don't talk about religion in our uh, lodges. And as far as you know, this legislation goes, you would think that that would be something that wouldn't even be allowed to be talking about it because it goes against the, 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 the basic idea that talking about these things causes division and there has been so much division over this particular issue about religion and we're not even really supposed to be talking about it because we're odd fellows and yet here we are uh you know we've, we've got this very clear policy to not you know discriminate based on religion and if you go and do any research like you did wes you know you saw that like there's this requirement about religion well you know, unfortunately, talking with my lodge about giving up those older conservative, you know, classic, you know, ways of doing things that, you know, 200 years ago, there were less than 1% of uh, people in the United States were atheists. Obviously, that percentage has increased 
I'm not saying you're an atheist, Wes, but I mean, you know, it's just a general trend and we, it's not going to shrink. So we should think about that. Yes, Wes, or uh, Peter. Hey, I just want to point out that sure. the non-religion and non-political discussion is only uh, uh, during meetings during and that's in the ritual. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this is allowable. Yeah, well, for us, not in a, a meeting, yes. Uh, we wouldn't bring this up during a meeting. You could right. not do that if we're following the ritual. Right. But uh, this is allowable. This is an open discussion. And, and frankly, it's a, it's a good place to share an opinion. It's, it's how do you get to the bottom of things if you don't, you don't talk about them? Hey. No, and I agree I'm, completely. I might amplify a little on uh, what Peter mentioned. Uh, our state is far and away the biggest state in the union. And one of the reasons for that is we are open to uh, all walks of life, all, uh, all beliefs. And if we, if we start to uh, put a stranglehold on that kind of uh, action, we're, we're just doomed. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Wes, I, I know that I, I mentioned to you uh, something about this, and that is that uh, even if we didn't have this question, and even if you, know, you were not asked, you, you know, believe or whatever, uh, you know, during our lodge meetings, we still have the Lord's Prayer, and you know it's not much different than if you go to like City Hall and they have their you know meetings and they open up with a prayer and it's like well it's kind of like everywhere you know you have pledge allegiance and and that sort of thing it's kind of common I'm sure that uh, for anybody who is an atheist or whatever you know uh, you consider yourself to be you just kind of accept that it's like okay well you know you'll respect their uh, way they do things as long as you have the same respect coming back to you right. Um, and, you know, uh, as Peter was mentioning, there is a little bit of things here and there that kind of come from the Bible. And, uh, you know, I think that as somebody who has some tolerance towards people that are religious, that you would have enough toleration for that, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, no, I, I've read every, I, I actually gave up uh, atheism for uh, Lent a few years ago and decided <laughs> within the normal Lent period that I would read every major religious writing. So I read the Upanishads, I read, reread the Old Testament, the Torah, I read, reread the Synoptic Gospels. All of these things were so important to me. I read the Noble Eightfold Path of Buddha, um, you know, basically went in and tried to read just about everything that I could. So I understand, I, I read religious books as if they were poetry and not as a newspaper. And as long as it's not said to me, this is what you have to believe, I, believe me, I grew up you know, playing tic-tac-toe with my brother in church, surrounded by people with, you know, with white hair. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like that was my culture. I didn't feel like uh, it necessarily spoke to me. I'm not a huge fan of Iron Age poetry, um, but it has something to give to people. And from a poetic sense, I think the Bible is a great, uh, can be a great sense uh, of um, you know, of, of wonder and of all these things. So it doesn't really bother me. I mean, obviously I go to events where there are convocations uh, and that type of thing. Um, I try to look at it as we live in a plural society. I can listen to this. Of course, I don't have to make any claims. For me to make a claim that I believe there is a being that moves the universe and is, uh, and created this universe that that I would have a very very difficult time with, and just just to define what I actually am, I would consider myself a secular humanist, 
the idea that the greatest goal in life, and that's what I would ask you guys, when you look at your organization, what is the goal? Is the goal to create a Christian nation? Is the goal to create more Christians? Or is the goal to create people that want to engage in their own, uh, in their own community and make those communities better? to provide services, to provide, uh, you know, uh, care. And if, if uh, what I'm going to be looking for, and to be honest, I've got, you know, a fair amount of energy and a fair amount of uh, resources to add to the organization that I choose once I have the time and the wherewithal to really dig in and engage. Um, whatever organization ends up being, I've got, I've got energy. I've got, I've got some things to add. And um, I guess I would ask from an outsider looking in, which is honestly sometimes, uh, you know, uh, going to be the, the clearest view. Mm-hmm. I would ask myself the fundamental question, why Oddfellows? Why is it even there? And once you have an answer to that, why Oddfellows? Then I think you can, then I think, and I, I really want to tell Peter that I respect his strengths and I respect his, his basically his uh, ability to focus in and say, this is what I think, this is how we move forward. And if you don't like that, well, that's your problem because I have a strong lodge with a, a strong belief that we are here to help human beings and not believe in one of the 2,500 gods invented by men, specifically. Mm-hmm. At least not in the lodge room. <laughs> and, and then also to perform. Uh, uh, and one thing to answer to you, Wes, uh, uh, I would, uh, y- you probably got some idea from, there are lodges like Davis Lodge and other lodges that, that have a wealth of activities in their communities. And, and, and we're a mutually beneficial society where we help our own too. And we're just not elitists. We have several homeless members in my lodge as well. And we do help each other. Like this week, we've been giving away clothes uh, to our members. Uh, for Christmas, we did a sock drive for the homeless in San Francisco's community, uh, where the members came together and donated money for socks, where I actually went to Walmart and used all the money to buy all the socks I could. And that's the number one requested item for homeless people. So it def- each lodge, hopefully, each lodge uh, uh, does things in their own communities. I've seen lodges like up in uh, Forest Hill uh, uh, set up a table with water for when the marathoners run through town, that they can just grab the water, the bottled water free. You know, it did, that small of an idea, a good, a good intention, a great idea, uh, that's small to something that's so hum- humanely. Uh, accepted to help homeless, uh, you know, and feeding them as well. There's lodges that, that work the food lines. There's lodges that do so much from lodge to lodge. We're not universal. Uh, that could be good, a good thing. Again, we're not all the same. Some lodges are in more affluent areas. Some are in more depressed areas. So it just depends on what you for me, it's what you make your lodge and what you choose. I always ask a new member, what, what's your hobby? What, what do you like to do? What would you like to see us do? Give me one event. And we can't try all your ideas, 
but we'll give one event and every member who comes up with an idea, we try that idea. That's how we open it up. Yeah, um, and I, I, I want to make sure, and I, I want to let Rick speak as well, but I, I think it's really yeah, important Rick. for me to say that, uh, of course, I have good Christian friends who's, uh, and again, it, what, what, what does your belief, how does it bear fruit? Yeah, and it, if as long as we're all bearing fruit, we're all part of the same tree. There you so, go. Bless the Christian. I want you. Come on, join my let's, lodge. Let's go. Let's yeah. let's make join this a better place. There's suffering, and until there's no suffering in this world, there will always be suffering. <laughs> but of course, we can do whatever we can to try to limit it and to try to make our own communities uh, better places and and a place that we all want to live. I, I strongly believe that uh, we should. That uh, my focus is, you know, let's let's make let's uh, you know let's make Earth you know, heaven for our kids, because we know it's real. Well, there you go. There are lodges right now who would embrace you and take you right in. And (laughs) they wouldn't even ask you any questions. But unfortunately, going back to Joseph, you I I know Rick's got some things to say on Mm -hmm. this. And, and uh, I should hold off a little bit. But uh, Joseph's situation is, uh, uh, is more typical than not, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if you're I didn't do a measurement, but you can tell by the number of lodges growing. I would say about sixty percent of our lodges are in your 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 face your situation, Joseph, mm-hmm. where you have uh, older members who have been brought up that way, and who have been reluctant for change. You won't even see the changes that I mentioned earlier that should have changed thirty years ago or even twenty years ago, and that's that is sad. And those lodges are, are suffering and they are dying. But the lodges who have opened up, and Rick can echo this, uh, they're flourishing. They're doing well. Because yeah, we are. Again, uh, I would add that uh, we're, we really have to look at the history of all fraternal orders and uh, what's, what's happened. And uh, the, the basis for many fraternal orders was uh, different avenues of religion. And it's sad to think that we're going to go back in that direction. And uh, just to do that uh, segments the, the possible population we could uh, draw into our lodges. And uh, I, I forget whether it was Wes or Peter that mentioned, but we, you know, uh, half the population is probably uh, now not uh, Christian, not uh, Catholic. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, to believe, believe in a supreme being. And who is a supreme being? I mean, uh, are we are we going to define that too? And are we going to uh, are we going to judge the levels of belief? Mm. Uh, are we going to start passing tests for everybody to pass? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that uh, some time ago, I think it was about 15 years ago, there was a study that said that more than 50 percent of the U.S. population believes that there's more than one way to get to heaven, which is kind of an odd question if you consider, you know. Um, what possible religions they may be thinking of whenever they answer that question. But, you know, being able to see that there's more than one way to get to heaven on earth uh, is, I think, a very pluralistic thing. We're a pluralistic society. I think that Oddfellows should certainly uh, consider that. And also, too, I was thinking about the, the things that we do. Those are not Christian things, purely Christian things. Doing things for your community, doing things for homeless people, Sure, Christians can say, you know, we do those things, but it is not something that belongs to Christians alone. 
or to people who uh, believe in a supreme being. That's correct. Well, um, listen, guys, I don't know if you uh, want to make any kind of closing statements. You're welcome to do that before I sign off. Um, but uh, I want to thank all of you guys for being here. And I'm really glad that uh, we were able to put this together. And I think this came out very nicely. So thank you for your contributions and your participation in this uh, podcast today. Um, you guys want to say anything as a, as a closing note? I'd like to thank you for allowing me to uh, share my opinion. And uh, I'm just happy to see this topic come up again. And it's such a it's a non threatening uh, um, platform, which I which I do enjoy. Uh, now, the, 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 per, the viewer, it's a viewer's discretion whether or not they want to watch this. So if they watch this through, well, uh, more power to you. And maybe you learn something. Maybe your lodge will become more progressive and start to grow. That's my statement. Exactly. I would just like to thank you guys for having me on. Um, thank you for your service. Thanks for that. Uh, and thank you for Joseph for helping me, to be honest. I, I, I knew you guys existed, but I really didn't know um, the history and everything else. It goes all the way back, you know, to... Uh, in, through England and uh, one of the most successful fraternal organizations and one that was really, really important and that can really be important. The one thing I would say from an outsider looking in, I would just say that understanding that there are people that are religious, that aren't religious, that are semi-religious and everywhere in between have something to add and a voice that can make you guys relevant into well into the 21st century and beyond. So I would suggest if you're interested in keeping um, the attention of the world and uh, to being uh, a, a, a robust uh, service organization and fraternal organization, uh, and I suppose sorority uh, also uh, with, uh, with ladies in there as well. Right. Um, just, just understand that there are people that do pay attention to uh, these bylaws and make decisions as a result. Yeah, and I know that there's still a lot of, even though we have this non-discrimination policy uh, that's firmly in place, there are plenty of places on the internet that say that, you know, you've got this, re re this religious requirement exists. And it's like, well, if anybody who's doing research, then, you know, they, they need to understand that, uh, that that's an old policy. And, you know, we should really do a, a good job of cleaning that up off the internet, that it's no longer a requirement, but uh, uh, at least if we honor this non-discrimination policy. So uh, listen, guys, thank you so much. I definitely appreciate your time. And uh, if you're watching this, uh, I hope that you got something out of it and uh, make sure that you click subscribe so you can see our future Oddfellows Oddcast. So uh, thank you so much and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you.